0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. want to do a quick preview of tomorrow's Champions League match against the mighty Bayern Munich. And I have two great guests on the podcast today. First, Kevin Williams helped to walk me off the ledge a little bit about tomorrow night's match. And then I spoke with Craig McGuff to get his emotional reaction to Bayern and why they don't get the respect here in Europe and why they aren't talked about more. But first, I just kind of want to give my three things for tomorrow night's game. Uh, The first thing, um, you know, this team is rolling. Bayern and FC Barcelona, we know, is in flux right now, especially with Griezmann leaving and especially with not playing over the weekend with the Sevilla match being postponed. So we're kind of in limbo here because we don't know what's going to be the starting 11, especially with the news coming out today that Sergino Des did not practice. So does that mean Sergio Roberto becomes right back? Now, that's going to be a problem because, as we saw in the A2 match, Alfonso Davies is quite rapido. So he's quite fast. So he could have a long day there, uh, Sergio Roberto, trying to defend. And it all depends on what Kuman does. Uh, Kevin alluded to this a little bit that maybe Kuman might go to a three back system to try to get more possession in the midfield. I'm not so sure. We'll see, obviously. Uh, I'm hoping that Kuman does something to be a little bit more pragmatic just to get some points because as we know, Bayern are just uh, lighting it up in the Bundesliga. You know, we have Lewandowski as probably the best number nine right now if you want to compare him with Lukaku right now. But I would still probably take Lewandowski just a little bit. But let's kind of break down the match quickly tomorrow and just the things that I'm looking at. So first of all, Bayern, they play in a 4-2-3-1. That's what the majority play 65% of the time. And they also can play in a 4-3-3. But mainly it's a 4-2-3-1. Now, obviously, I put a Twitter poll yesterday. Lewandowski, uh, Kimmich or Gorta, uh, the flank play, what is your biggest concern? And Lewandowski was number two. So obviously Lewandowski is a stud. You know, So far this season, he's averaging 1.37 goals a game, 0. 0.5 assists with an XG of 1.14 and so far his total this season is 11 goals and 4 assists which is remarkable already he's already out in front obviously you know as i talked about this with craig bayern is the top dog in bundesliga so they just eat these teams up for lunch where robert lewandowski is able to get these goals but again he's going to create havoc for our back again who does kumin start in the back who does he start because obviously we want to see PK, but he's just coming off injury. Arahu, I would probably say, is the best partner for him against Lewandowski, just a little bit more physical, faster. But you never know. You never know if Kuman's going to go with Longley. You know, we'll see. And we know in that 8-2 defeat, Longley was no match for Lewandowski. Lewandowski pushed him around, bullied him around, and inevitably left all the space behind where Bayern were able to expose that. So again, Lewandowski is definitely going to be Uh, dangerous. He's against Barcelona in three career matches. He's had two goals. But it just seems more. When I was looking up at the stat, I was like, I thought he was against Barcelona more often. He hasn't, but still. He's a dangerous number nine, one of the best in the world. He's on form and Bayern have been explosive with him. My next concern is the midfield possession. Now, as we saw in the Hatafi game, we had problems with the possession. And You know, this is going to be a problem because if we resort to long balls or just trying to relieve pressure, this does not play well for our style. Now, Memphis is going to have limited opportunities, and it's going to be interesting to see how he converts, right, because he may only get one or two opportunities, and he has to make the best of them. Usually, he's going to have four or five, so he's going to have a chance to miss here and there. So we'll see what happens with that. But with this possession, you know, Bayern has averaged close to 60%. You know fcb has had problems in these first three matches containing a consistency having a consistency with with possession and for me this pairing of kimich and gorska is just wow it's just something you know i was doing the research last night over them watching some video just seeing their heat maps just seeing everything and i can't remember the last time i've been so impressed with a pairing like this in a long time maybe you know with and Iniesta, i would probably say but this pairing is something special. They're young. They run for miles. They're going to give Busquets quite uh, a showing tomorrow night because Busquets is going to have to play one of the best games he's played. And this two pairing of Kimmich and Gorska is just something else. Now, they complement each other very well. Gorska is more the defensive physical, whereas Kimmich is more of the opportunistic passing assister. But, man, they just complement each other very well. Now, Gorska... Again, like I said, he's more defensive. He's the stronger tackler of the two. But again, just the way they complement each other, I think is going to give our midfield fits, especially especially if Bayern has more possession. Now, Kevin alluded to this. He didn't think that the possession game was going to be so one-sided for Bayern. I'm a little bit disagreeing with that. I, I think that Bayern is going to be able to run the midfield. I just think... They're just more talented right now on paper, and I just think they're playing at a level that we can't compete right now in this moment, especially not playing against Sevilla over this weekend. I think that really caused a wrench in our plans because if we would have played over the weekend, we could see how Barcelona was going to be going forward with this. Now, again, we'll see what happens with the mid My last concern is the flank play. Now, I just highlighted that maybe Sergio Roberto may start that's going to be a big problem because as we remember in the a2 Alfonso davies uh, i think that was probably his breakout game where everyone kind of knew about him just the physicality the speed he has the way he was able to cut in was incredible in that match and he has just rose in stock right so in this past season he's played more minutes he's more of a starter than he was before and again uh, playing really well for the canadian national team and just being uh, an up-and-coming player for Bayern. And again, that's going to be a lot of problems because as I talked to with Craig, the crossing of Bayern is so, and I hate to just say this word because it's so just stereotypical, but efficient. The way they're able to cross and just find Lewandowski, find holes, and you always know pesky Thomas Muller is always around the goal, ready to scrap something up, and that's going to cause havoc for Barcelona. Now, obviously, Barcelona have a chance. They're going to be at the Camp Nou. This is the first time they're going to be playing with the crowd like this for a Champions Night. So it's good. There's a lot of things happening. But unfortunately, I think it's going to be not enough. And yes, this is just where we're at right now. We're just in a state of transition with FC Barcelona. And you just kind of have to tip your hat right now to the way Bayern is coming into this season, coming into this match. They're firing on all cylinders. And so we'll see now. After the break, you're going to hear my conversation with Kevin Williams and Craig McGuff. We're going to talk a little bit about the match even more, get their opinions. But, but first, some quick Barca Talk announcements. Uh, you know, We have a newsletter that comes out every Wednesday. If you're looking for an aggregate to put all the articles and videos once a week, I do that for you. Sign up. It's free. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on our website as well. And the last thing, our Patreon community is, I mean, I'm loving it so much. Uh, we our WhatsApp group is fans from all over the world, and I just love that we just have some great banter. And you know, over the weekend we were talking about the Manchester United game, obviously talking crap about Ronaldo and so forth. So that was a lot of fun. But also just you know, getting everyone's opinions about this match, especially the Bayern match, is very interesting, and it's a lot of fun. So if you're looking for You know, another way to interact with other Kool-Aids, other FC Barcelona fans, consider joining our Patreon group. It's only five bucks a month. And on top of that, you get our uh, weekly extra podcast on Friday, which is the Barca Talk Cafe, where I record with Mariana Guzman, who's in Barcelona. And she will actually be at the match tomorrow and sending pictures to our WhatsApp group. So that's that's a lot of fun that we like to partake in. So, uh, yeah, so if you want to get some more Barca content from Spain, consider joining our Patreon group. After the break, I talked to Kevin Williams to get his temperature on how we should be feeling before this huge Bayern Munich match. So you're headed to tomorrow's match, right? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it was super easy. Um, uh, they had it's it's sort of a uh, letdown that only thirty-one thousand season ticket holders uh, wanted to come, but on the upside, that meant that freed up um, 8,000 seats that we could buy. And so I snag one right away Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it's been a long time for me. I'm going in October. So against Valencia, so I'm looking forward to that match. Um, so tell me, how are you feeling prior to tomorrow's match? Because I can tell you, honestly, I'm a bit nervous, scared. I know this is kind of the, this is kind of the feeling that most Kules have, but I mean, I was kind of looking up on Bayern's midfield, their statistics so far and I'm I'm really worried about tomorrow's match.
1: See, I am super excited. Uh, we've never seen Barcelona without Messi even as an option, mm-hmm. and the team is playing more as a team. Uh, the ball is moving better, play is flowing better. Memphis has s- seized the reins, and he is a very creative, very dynamic uh, player who changes the way. Uh, Barcelona um, uh, gets at an opponent, right? I mean, uh, previously, Barcelona, what's the word? Uh, They've been slow, right? Uh, The ball oozes out of the back, and then it goes to Busquets, and he oozes around, and then it goes to Messi, and he stands there and either uh, tries a run or makes a pass. And what's happening now is that the ball is uh, popping around to Pedri, or De Jong is making a run or Busquets is sliding it forward. Memphis is diving in from a wing. I mean, it's a very different approach to things now and one that I don't uh, believe Bayern, who is also not uh, what they were two years ago, uh, will be as prepared for. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to a match that will be more interesting
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: more fun than many think. I mean, I think the uh, Braithwaite news... Many are saying, oh, no, I'm like, you know, it doesn't bother me. He wasn't up to standard anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, the question will be, what does um, uh, Kamin do now, right? I mean, there's much talk about the Coutinho
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: starting. No match legs, no match fitness. That would uh, be a big ask. Uh, then again, who have you got, right? I mean, you got uh, De Jong, you got Demir. Uh, and you want your front line against Bayern to be um, uh, Demir, DeYoung, um, um, and uh, Depay, mm-hmm. uh, while you uh, love the alliteration. Uh, I don't <laughs> know if an uh, 18 year old kid is quite ready for that. I mean, then again, uh, toss them in there and let's see. Uh, the thing that worries me the most, and uh, frankly, what always worries me, is how. Slow the brush on the midfield is. Yeah. Um, uh, Busquets uh, can't move. Uh, DeYoung isn't that fast. Um, Pedri is active, but he's not that fast. So, I mean, uh, does um, Cameron go with a four or even five man uh, midfield, like a, a three, five, two? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's, that's that's an interesting point because you, you bring it right into what I was going to talk to you next about Bayern's midfield of Kimmich and Gartzka and against the midfield of Barca. And just reading the stats that I've been looking at for them, this pairing of the season, I'm just in awe. This is a, a pairing. They're two 26-year-old midfielders that run all over. You have to see the heat map. It is so impressive. They perfectly are disciplined for left and right side. The amount of kilometers they cover – the amount of opportunities. And I know Bayern is the leg up in the Bundesliga, but still to be able to put this output that to me right now is what one of the things that really concerns me because watching the previous games with Barcelona, just seeing the lack of possession that they had, this is going to be one of those games where I think Bayern has maybe 55, 60% and how Barcelona reacts to their limited opportunities is what's going to really tell for me the the match for tomorrow night. What do you think?
1: Uh, So I think that the possession will be nearer to 50-50 and neutralizing that midfield with possession will be one fascinating thing. The other uh, fascinating thing, we keep in mind that it's uh, been a very long time, probably since uh, the days of Thierry Henry and uh, Samuel Eto'o that uh, Barcelona has had Forwards that can press.
0: Sure, but, sure.
1: Right. And I mean, what usually um, happens against uh, Bayern is they're allowed to play the ball out of the bat nice and easy uh, because Messi's standing there. Suarez is standing there. Wait, we never um, I saw him against uh, Bayern. But um, uh, this time, potentially, uh, they will have two or three forwards uh, pressing hard. Pay to presses. My guess is Kamen will run out Sergio Roberto. Mm-hmm. Uh, he presses, uh, Coutinho uh, presses, uh, Demir uh, presses, De young presses. So don't count out uh, this Barcelona side. I mean, uh, they're not the strongest team mm-hmm. right now. And certainly in November when Dembele and Fati come back, Mm-hmm. That front line will look very different, for sure, um, and a lot more dangerous. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you might find that the three Ds uh, should Cayman um, <laughs> uh, go there um, uh, will be pretty effective in unsettling that midfield. My my guess though is that Cayman um, uh, will load up uh, the midfield. I, mean, I would be shocked um, um, if Sergio Roberto did not start in some role.
0: Well, that, that leads to me, the next thing, because I think he will start because. The news just appeared right now that Sergio Ndodest did not practice today. So that means that there's going to be an opportunity yeah, for Sergio Roberto. So I, you know, going back to this, I think you see him at right back or, you know, do you see Minguensa? I don't think so. I think Sergio Roberto is a little bit healthier for that opportunity. So this goes to my next question. I put a Twitter poll out here. What was the, the main concerns? And the number one reason, uh, obviously Lewandowski was up high, but the flank play of Bayern, because as we remember in the A2, uh, how... Alfonso Davies, especially, but also on the other side, on the right side, how they just abused Barcelona with the speed and the dynamism that they had. You know, now if Sergio Roberto plays, we lose a little bit of that speed that we had with Dest. The flank play, I mean, that's also really concerning because now, obviously, Byron have different ways of attacking, not through the middle, but also through the sides as well. And then obviously having Lewandowski as the point man, who's probably the, number, the best number nine right now in the world.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, so my views on. Dest and Alba are that they're not up to standard anyway. So if anything happens where they can't uh, play, I'm not that stressed about it. Okay. Um, I think that you, it, it, I mean, if if um, if uh, Kamen wants to go more more defensive, you may well see mm-hmm.
0: Um
1: He is a stopper. He's physical. He's big. He's pacey enough. Yeah. Um, I think that. Frankly, death would have been a, a disaster against
0: um, Bayern. Yeah,
1: people talked about making uh, jokes out of a tomato. Uh, <laughs> uh, death would have been just as bad, if not worse, because I mean it's just so. Fullbacks are going to be a problem for Barcelona all season.
0: Yeah, and
1: I was at the D match yesterday and uh, I got to watch a lot of uh, Alejandro. Uh, about it, and, and um, he's not ready yet either. So I mean, he's he's um, right now where he belongs, and so all but is it. And I think that uh, defensively and offensively, he's just not up to it. So I mean, you know, people made a lot about Tomato in the 8 two, but I mean, for me, both lengths were a disaster. So I mean, I think that what uh, Evans gonna have to do is uh, try to hold possession. Yeah, and. Make Alba stay back. Right? I mean, the problems always begin when Alba moves up. You um, can't have both fullbacks uh, pressed up. And I don't know why Kude don't realize that uh, when you have Dest and Alba both are charging forward and you've got to boost and Acres of base trying Price. to cover yeah. things, you can't do it.
0: Yeah, 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 You can't. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, yeah. I think that we might see Mingueza if we. Do I'll be a lot more optimistic about a result if we see Sergio Roberto I pull back.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and that goes to the thing, right? Because if Kuman changes the formation, let's say just to a three-back system, let's say to influx the midfield, then I think you see Sergio Roberto going to the midfield, maybe using Minglasa on the right. Right, but more- again. Yeah, but but the thing is, I just don't know if Kuman does it because I think he wants to be more steady with four in the back and having Alba on the left. Again, I you know, it's just kind of one of those things. He's the security blanket for Kuman on the left there, so it's it's quite interesting. I know you're shaking your head. <laughs> it, it, it
1: makes me so that uh, the idea of uh, Jordi Alba as anybody security. Yeah, I know. It's just horrifying. I mean, the uh, big thing, the other thing will be who he uh, plays at. Uh, center back um sure so if we know that um uh pk is one who's the other one right I yeah, mean, yeah. Got, i mean it's it my choice it's gotta be but yeah. i mean you Me know too. he's also fond of Longley, who i yeah, think yeah. is a disaster waiting to happen especially against um uh byron who um Frankly, um, um, I traumatized him last time. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. It seems to me you got uh, somebody who's young with more pace, more exactly. physical ability, um, more aerial skill. Start him next, and, and tell all but to defend for a change. <laughs> um, uh, try defending and I see how that you know goes, rather than running forward and throwing in that same blind cross to where Messi used to be time of time sure. time, of time of time i mean if if i think if the if uh, barcelona scores early um they will have a shot at uh, getting a win i think if uh, bayern scores first and barcelona need to chase the match uh that could lead to a long evening sure. so i mean mm-hmm. i think that uh, memphis Will be on his game. I think that if 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 uh, does start Coutinho, I think that that will be another factor that Bayern won't be prepared for. I think that if he gets really bold and gives uh, gives the uh, kid a run out, that too is something. I mean, Bayern likes to know what they're gonna.
0: Sure, be. sure.
1: And they have these. I mean, they're structured. They're dangerous. They're deep. Um, they're all those things that Barcelona is not. But I think that that the Kool-Aids tend to sell their team short. Uh, Barcelona is a, a very talented team. Um, it's not as deep as I would like because of all the injuries. Uh, but their starting eleven could go up against any team in football and. Be okay, and I think that um, uh, Bayern is not the juggernaut they once were two years ago. I mean, certainly they're a diminished uh, team from the eight-two, and I think that uh, Barcelona is strangely enough, uh, which I mean, it sounds weird, right? Because I mean, with uh, Messi being gone, to say they're a better team, even though they yeah. might not be as dangerous a team, right? Um, they're a better team with uh messy gone. That means that they have the opportunity uh, to function as this unit uh, once again, rather than rolling up and dumping the ball to the center point messy and then seeing what happens. So I mean, I think it's it's uh, going to be a fun match. I mean, and and I mean, people are uh, uh, wondering about the score., Whew, who knows, <laughs> right? I mean, it could be zero zero, could be one one, could be another eight two. I mean, it's this team is all over the place, and I think that Bayern is more vulnerable than people think. I mean, uh, Barcelona will have to to play at least an an eight out of ten match to get a result.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think. You brought up some really good points and see, this is why I wanted to talk to you because you calmed me down. Yeah. Cause I was already thinking another <laughs> six a-two in my head, especially just doing the research on Byron yesterday and just obviously, you know, just seeing what they've been, the firepower they've been bringing. So, you know, th- thanks for, thanks for calming me down. Where can our listeners follow your blog, your excellent blog? I mean, I always read it all the time. I love your point of view every time. Uh, what, what is the website at your blog again?
1: So we are at the www. Uh, dot uh, barcelona uh, football and um, it is um run by myself and a um, uh, another uh crazy Kool uh named Isaiah Cameron. And yeah, we don't write as often as we'd like because real life gets in the way. Um, when we have uh things to say, and I mean, my my hope is to be able to uh, post a, a view uh from the stands uh, shortly mm-hmm. after the match. I'll be writing it while I'm there. Perfect. And yeah, it
0: will be fun. You're you're one of my favorite FC Barcelona Twitter follows as well as well. You always talk me down from the fence a lot of times, so I appreciate that. Uh, have a great rest of the time in Barcelona, and we will speak soon, Kevin.
1: Uh, very good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So Craig McGuff joins me. We're going to talk a little Bayern here and kind of the lack of respect they get here in Europe. We were just kind of briefly talking about this, but this is one of the things i when I was looking at the research of uh, the players on Y scout and so forth is, you know, they've had an incredible run in the last 10 years and I just don't understand why they don't get talked enough. Is it Craig, do you think it's just because they're in the Bundesliga, they're the top dog and that's it because I don't know how it is in the UK, but in Spain, they rarely get the the recognition they should uh, especially being as elite of a club as they are.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's a really difficult one to to fathom because it they're, they're they're brilliant from from top to bottom minus the the little personnel scandal they had a few years ago. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, but you know, as a club, organisationally, institutionally, in terms of their personnel recruitment, their style of play, they're so hard to find fault with. I think some of it's been in the Bundesliga, which. It's not a league I can really get into. I, yeah. I tried watching it when, when football came back after the the first kind of major lockdown sure. here in the UK. That was the first league that came back. And I tried to get into it and I just couldn't. So I don't think that helps. The other thing for me, it's kind of... Do you know how you get those low-key millionaires mm-hmm. who they don't run big businesses and you don't really know what they do, but they drive around in a Ferrari? <laughs> They're kind of like that and they go under the radar. So I think... I think to me that they should be an aspirational club that everyone looks up to, but it's a really difficult one to understand why they're not held in more regard than they are. No, it doesn't answer your question, by the way, but I'm I'm just baffled by it. it's yeah, yeah. had a conversation with last week with someone who uh, who who follows an English club and and it wasn't until I started saying I was worried about the game and he said why. I told him about, you know, their personnel, how they get on. He was like, actually, yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs>
0: it's strange, isn't it? It is strange because, you know, they're kind of what we've been kind of looking for in the way they've recruited players. They've gone through coaches. Uh, they don't seem to be financially strapped. They be The players they go after after are really, you know, younger. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. throw so much money after them. I know they pick and prod off the Bundesliga team. So unfortunately, that is why they're always the top dog. And I wish there was a little bit more parity into that. But for example, like when you look at the last players that they were able to get at cost, essentially, you know, never... You never hear Bayern really overly expending themselves. And they do such a great job of getting these players. And, you know, talking about the game, the two midfielders of Kimmich and Gortzka, I mean, yikes. I mean, I'm really, I mean, I just talked to Kevin Williams before you, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was talking to me down a little bit about how the midfield could be neutralized. But man, I am, that, t- I think for me, that's one of the biggest concerns because these kids, they're 26 years old, they have so much experience, they're a partnership. Already they complement each other so well, I, you know, you know, on our beautiful white scout, I was watching the the reports and stuff. And Craig, I'm, I'm very nervous about this. This, but
2: this, this, is a, this is arguably the greatest example you could have picked, right? Because if we were to just Johnny on the spot, say, give me the top three sentiment midfielder pair. Yeah. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get to them. I'm fairly confident yeah. if I, you know, if you said, right, okay, give me your top five sentiment fielders just in isolation, you probably wouldn't get to them, but they're, they're brilliant. And you you have that throughout their squad. And the thing that I admire the most is really boring. You can say it's really football nerdy, but you mentioned about going through coaches and going through players. When was the last time you read a story? Granted, you probably don't read much of, you know, Der Spiegel (laughs) or whatever the the German papers are. But when was the last time you read a story of Bayern ever rushing anything? Yeah. Ever. Everything is planned. Everything is thought out. They've got an identity and they stick to it. And this is where I think from a Barcelona perspective, We should be able to fall squarely into that bracket because we, in theory, and I'm using that word in theory very, very, very literally, because in reality, probably a different story, but we, in theory, have an identity. So, yes, we discovered Pedri, who fits perfectly into our midfield. I think a little bit of that was was calculated risk, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But we should be able to look at players and say, three years down the line, we need that player. What do we have in La Masia? If we don't have it in La Masia, we don't think. We need to go and start recruiting now because we know what's coming. We should know what type of coach we want. We should know what type of fullback we want. And we don't do it. We're very rushed. We're very last minute. You know, it's kind of crisis leads to crisis leads to crisis a lot of the time, which, you know, I don't want that to be kind of typical Barca hyperbole. But, you know, we very rarely make well-thought-out decisions. Setien was a was a knee-jerk reaction. Kuhn was a knee-jerk reaction. Valverde had a little bit more thought but went totally against the identity. Olo did all right, um, mm-hmm. and I think this this is what we should learn from buying is that, you know, we don't need to go and make superstar signings. We need to make signings that fit into our system. And, and again, just to pick up a point, I'm sorry, I'm going on a bit, but you right. mentioned you mentioned you know you wish there was a little bit more parity in the Bundesliga. I, I don't I don't really buy that so much because. Ultimately, if, if Bayern stop buying German players, then the other clubs that compete regularly in the Europa League and whatnot would find themselves in a worse position, right? So it's kind of it's almost trickle down economics in a way, but one that actually works, unlike the real world. Whereas, you know, why aren't we doing this? I know we've had this chat in our WhatsApp group before for our patrons, which is, you know, why aren't we going out and looking at the best Spanish talent instead of constantly looking at glamour glamour leagues, quote unquote, yeah, and, yeah. and picking up these players who, who know they'll who knows whether they'll fit in. Depay is doing well, but he was a gamble. Why yep. didn't we look at the top scorers in Spain? So I think I think we genuinely need to need, need to take a good hard look at how Bayern are doing and, and look at it because everything they do is calculated and it works and it doesn't put them into debt and it doesn't put them into risk.
0: So this is going to lead perfectly because you're a Packers fan and the Packers of oh, the do, NFL. Do, do,
2: do, we, do we have to?
0: I'm, just, I'm not going to talk about the game. I'm going to talk <laughs> about their structure. I'm going to talk about their structure, that they're the only team in the NFL that doesn't have an owner. So mm-hmm. do you think there's something to that because obviously Bayern has an owner the trickle down of responsibility, there's been a little bit more stability uh, of that, whereas we've had an influx with presidents, uh, scandal and, and so forth, mm-hmm. you know, every three years essentially. Do you think there's any credence to that where, you know, obviously we love the idea of the voting and having the power, especially if you're a an and so forth, mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time it's very political and there's just less instabi- you know, less stability because there isn't an owner figurehead trickling down that responsibility. Do you think there's something to that with Byron's success?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think there's that they definitely feel... I think Germany views football in a way that I think a lot of particularly British people aspire to that doesn't exist. You know, the kind of the classic working class game that communities rally around, I think... Bayern, Bayern, and also German football in general minus minus the Red Bull uh, situation. Sure. Um, they view it that way. So I think I think at Bayern there's a responsibility to something that's slightly bigger than trophies. And I've I've alluded to this on previous podcasts where I said being a Barca fan should be about more than just winning because if if it was just about winning you'd follow Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm unashamed about that. I don't I don't mind if people think that that's me being anti more in any way. It's just factual. The stats tell us that story. So I think one you have to be about something bigger than that. I think I would dispute. The Packers' argument slightly because I think the the Packers' sister works because we've had 25 years of immense quarterback player, but you know we won't delve too deep into that. Uh, if we could find an O line and a D line, that would help, but we won't go into the NFL <laughs> podcast. But no, I think I think you're right. I think if you have an identity that's bigger than a person or bigger than a than a business, I think it has to help. And again, that's where we should be. Mm. And I think I think that, the, but the fans have to buy into that, which means buy yeah, yeah. and go through a quote-unquote fallow period. You don't see riots at the training ground for sure. You know, if we don't, if we don't win a trophy this year, which is completely feasible, although I think we'll do okay eventually. Can you imagine the scenes that will be greeted? It'll be a case of revisionism on the messy scenario. Yeah. Laporta will be the worst president since the last one um, you know the, the signings will be horrendous and I think that so I think as well as the commercial identity the fans buy into it and you say we're in we're in we're all in and that if we win that's great if we don't we, we move on we don't buckle we don't do knee jerk not many clubs have either the commercial setup or the fan base that can allow them to do that Sam Pauli another great example from Germany but from a completely different perspective they're all in on the identity from, from top to bottom. And, and I think that's what you need rather than just the, the lack of a chairman or owner.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I remember in last last season in our WhatsApp group, we were talking about the coach now of Bayern, Julian Nagelsman, about mm-hmm. when he was in Leipzig and kind of up and coming. You know, I've laid out a couple of things that I'm really concerned about. The flank play, obviously Lewandowski, mm-hmm. the, the pairing mm-hmm. of Gimic and Górska. But I also think it comes down to the tactical formation that he has Munich playing. And also, you know, Nagelsmann doesn't have major trophies, but I just feel that he's going to have Bayern more locked in than Kuhn with Barcelona just because of the history. I'm just looking at the history. Maybe Kuhn changes it up. As Kevin said previously, he might he would hope for a three back system to to, to try to kind of counter you know the midfield of, of Bayern. But if we're just looking at the coaching matchup. Do you think Byron has a advantage here? 100,
2: 100. I I, I I respect Kevin a lot. I, I follow mm-hmm. him on Twitter. I've never I've never spoken, but I respect him a lot based on his Twitter output. Um, I don't like how fit he seems to be. That makes me feel bad about myself. But <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll move on from that very quickly. But you know, I think th- this goes back to one of my previous points, which is. With Nagelsmann, they they chose very sensibly a coach that knows that knows the league that they play in primarily. Had had uh-huh. a European experience, has a style, has a system, etc. Now you don't want to be um, a, uh, dogmatic about that, but you sure. need to have something. I have no idea what kuman's going to do tomorrow, and not in a good way. Not not in a yeah. kind of. This could be really intelligent until he overthinks. Where I, I I genuinely don't know. I don't think kuman knows the best Barcelona side. I don't think he knows how to play against better teams. I don't think he knows how necessarily to play against worse teams. Um so yeah, I think only I think I think about, I think Bayern have an advantage on literally every area of the pitch other than um on in on an individual player level, but then sure. they don't work as well as a unit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is why we play sports, because anything can happen, but if we're looking on paper, you know there's there's Bayern does have a advantages up and down. Now I'll leave you with the last thing. What is your biggest concern? For tomorrow night just one concern one concern that the highest of priority let's say if you were coaching what would you try to stop Bayern at their first thing and then just kind of hope for the best from there
2: I don't see how we don't get overrun defensively and revert to long balls which just ultimately mm. it feels like it relieves the pressure but in reality it, it just keeps you pegged back in so um Ange Postacoglu who is a new Celtic manager who is effectively the second coming of Christ after Messi I think sorry to anyone that's <laughs> religious out there that's tongue-in-cheek but you know he he, he had a great he, he was asked about this when Celtic played their um their qualifier to get into the group mm-hmm. stage and said you know do, do you see it being a bit of a long ball game changing your style and he said no because the easiest way to relieve pressure on defense is to keep the ball yeah and I think that's what we need to do tomorrow but my worry is that Koeman will try and be overly pragmatic will get overrun defensively and he'll kick the ball long and if that happens, it could be a long, long, long night, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 worried. I'm obviously optimistic. You know, I'm always going to think and watch the match with, with open eyes like that. But at the same time I'm just looking at this data, the statistics, the way they play, the way and I think what also hurts is that we weren't able to play this weekend. I think that's a that's a big thing to come from international break and then all of sudden the first game being Bayern. Even though it is at home, I think that's going to help quite a bit to have the crowd uh, the crowd finally there for a Champions League match on on a weekday night, but man, I mean, just to have the game against Sevilla would have been a really nice kind of warm up, just to kind of let us know a little bit more of what who he's going to start. Because could you see Luke Dijon starting? You know what I'm saying to counteract their defensive well, backs? Yeah, you know, that's, I, that's, I,
2: I, I think so because, but know. I think it plays into my worry, which is yeah. that I think he'll he'll say well we will have the young up there to to relieve the pressure and he can hold the ball up and, and, and stuff like that. So I think so and to me this is this isn't about being necessarily negative or pessimistic. Mm-hmm. It's just it's realistic about where we are. And I think yeah. you know, you, you can you can be optimistic and I applaud that. But I think a sense of realism says, you know, re- realistically, it's kind of like you take if if we if we take a hide and we take a hide and let's move on. It's it's a new team. We're rebuilding. No matter how people want, you know, Laporta might say no rebuilds at this club. Well I'm sorry, mate, but <laughs> that's exactly what we're having to do now. And, and that, but the, but that's fine. And, you know, taking this full circle back to my original point about buying, that's fine. That's what clubs need to do. The only way that you're not in a perpetual state of rebuild is if you're getting pumped with cash and yeah. that, sh- that will eventually crumble beneath you. So everyone, then you have to rebuild. It's been yeah. worse than this. It's been much worse than this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. So, you know, I think we'll, we'll see where we are tomorrow after the game. Sorry, interrupt there. we'll see where we are no, tomorrow no. after the game. But to me i'm 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 pessimistic about it i think we might take a hide in but by munich it is what it is
0: yeah yeah i mean again uh they're gonna be the rave childs after this i believe you know we'll see they'll be the talk of europe for one night i think and then after that they're gonna be not talked again because again here in spain the whole weekend was ronaldo's return with his two goal amazing oh, attack because he's the best player ever
2: <laughs> don't get me started
0: and then obviously last night with Vinicius, the second coming
2: of Christ, now, you know, so we'll see. see that, that, that that one the, the, I get. That yeah. one I get. But on, on the New, on the Newcastle thing, so Oof. sorry, tan- tangent, but go, obviously go, go I'm, our WhatsApp group, we're talking about it. So I, I live the other side of the river to Newcastle. So Newcastle is in quote unquote my local team. They're awful. Like we think we've got it bad. Their fans are, are following. So I, I'm trying to work out what the what the equivalent would be in Spain. So what's below, what's below Segunda B? What, what would that be I, I, is that you start getting into kind of um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the autonomous territory leagues and stuff like that don't you so the, the Newcastle fans that I know a lot of them have started following what we would call non-league football so where you pay like three pounds to get in and you can drink yeah, yeah, beer yeah. at the sideline still because Newcastle is that bad so the, the Ronaldo return a two yard tap in goals a goals, oh a goals and the way they're going on Newcastle fans are like <laughs> you can have it if you want we're all <laughs> um, so Vinicius I get the Ronaldo hype is terrible terrible yeah, terrible, yeah. terrible terrible the only way that, you know, I'm I'm
0: looking forward to the match because I love when Champions comes back. But, you know, again, like you said, it's it's, it's okay to be realistic. And Bayern are just like what I always think of Bayern is like an efficient footballing machine, you know, just as that's what they are.
2: Without, without being what massively sweeping statement stereotypical, they're so typically German, aren't they? Correct. They're, they're just are. faultlessly efficient. Correct. Correct. They, they're, they're just brilliant. I'm just 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 audition. just
0: just watch their crosses that to yeah. me is always like their crossing is phew, so effective especially with Lewandowski at the top but uh yeah I know you have to go I have to go but uh thank you for you know giving me a little bit of balance here with this with this match tomorrow so we'll see what happens we'll talk soon take care
1: sports social podcast network